Some crimes are so heinous that they defy explanation. Dark crimes that leave investigators speechless due to the absolute vileness of the perpetrators. In the fall of 2012, one of these crimes was discovered in a town in the Canadian province of Quebec. A crime of such unthinkable barbarity that it launched one of the largest police investigations in the history of Canada. An international team of investigators were gathered to piece together the evidence and solve this crime of unmatched barbarity that reached across Canada's southern border into parts of the northeastern U.S. Those affected by these crimes had no idea how an atrocity of this magnitude could have been committed right under their noses for close to a year. This case file joined the theorists as they plumbed the depths of absolute evil in the Great Canadian Maple Syrup Heist. Case file 169. Je m'appelle Braden. Je suis elle, la mulière théorisation et leader de ces imbéciles. I'm Dan. That's <laughs> <laughs> und Andrew. <laughs> I don't even know what I said. First off, uh, Merry Christmas to everyone because unless you're listening to this live, this is going to come out Christmas Day. So. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Cheers. Cheers from us to you. Now prepare yourself for a little <laughs> Canadian history. Uh, because from time to time on this show, we like to, you know, move on from, you know, the serious, you know, move on from the weird and wacky and get into serious crimes. True. And this one is close to close to home. Uh, we're going to educate you all on the greatest heist in, in all the world. Yeah, in, his, <laughs> in history. In all of the world. <laughs> this yep. is the Great Canadian Maple Syrup Heist. Some dark Canadian true crime. Listen, we're not going to have fun talking about this. This is serious shit. Yep, this is. This devastated our hard, country. We're talking about the topic. lifeblood of our country. Maple syrup. Listen, it's true. No Canadian's ever a hand reach away from maple syrup. It's true. The same. Ah, delicious. I, I mean, it runs through your blood. It's on your flags. Can't it's part wrong. of your national identity. So much. I mean, what would you be without maple syrup? Hockey Two red sticks. stripes and a bunch of white. That would be it. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else. It's, I mean, you guys would be pretty much Switzerland, but <laughs> without, the, sweet. without the plus less bank accounts yeah without the money maybe yeah so yes as brayden says we're talking about the great maple syrup heist of 2011-2012 it is it is considered the greatest if like the most profitable heist in canadian history followed by uh if you want to look it up it's the gem star heist uh which is the second most 
uh, notable crime in Canadian history. So you might be thinking to yourself, oh, maple syrup. What the fuck? Why would people want to steal maple syrup? Which is insane. Um, Quick little background on maple syrup. Uh, Before Dan, I just wanted to add that this is also the the largest maple syrup heist of all time. Boom. Not just in Canada. Of all time. If you can believe that, nowhere has more maple syrup ever been stolen. Really, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought that. <laughs> so, a little tidbit for you. So, drop me crazy. So, if you didn't know uh, maple syrup, uh, if you haven't had it before, I know that I don't normally eat uh, maple syrup on my things. I know Canadians put it, probably put it on everything. Well, you don't maple go. Syrup. You don't get chicken waffles or anything. Dan is not like an American staple. We do, but we don't. We use the high fructose corn syrup down here. That's our national. Oh, it's uh, the watery shit. <laughs> I spit on that. Maple syrup is uh, made from the sap of the sugar maple tree, but you can also use the sap from uh, two different other trees, the red maple and the black maple. Uh, Something very interesting that I learned was that the maple tree that they use, that specific type of tree, the sugar maple, only grows within a small, relatively small area of uh, Northeast, uh, like the North Americas. So in the part of Quebec that produces it, which is like about the Quebec, Quebec. sorry, Quebecois, whatever. And then um, and the little portion of that, but it also grows through the northeastern United States, pretty much as far as Wisconsin. Uh, you have these type of maple trees. The largest producer of maple syrup is Quebec. No, Quebec. coming out of these veins, pal. That's where it's coming Glowing. from. I'll tell you that much. That, and just for anyone who's following on the live stream, Quebec is. Uh, let me see where where's my map here. This is a, a the accurate that. map. Accurate map of the Great White of North. Canada. Oh, it's here. Great right job. Here. The more Great. you know. The more you know. Quebec is responsible for 70% of the world's output what? of maple syrup. So, and in Canada, it is, it is 90.83% of maple syrup produced in Canada in 2015 uh the the next closest the next closest provinces are new brunswick with a, yeah it's not even close <laughs> new brunswick comes in with about five percent ontario with about four nova scotia about 0.2 percent scotia scotia yeah, and right. on terrible um, other countries do pr- produce maple syrup but not in the great amount it's piss yeah. spit on it watered down <laughs> shit uh, the United States, uh, Vermont is the largest producer, Lies. Uh, followed by Maine Lies. Uh, or states like New York and Maine. And then you have uh, now the maple syrup industry has pretty much uh, some parts has actually globalized. So you do have some uh, other countries like Japan and Germany that produce their own maple syrup. Dan, why can't you just let us have this? Just let us have the syrup, man. Yeah, all well, the rest. 70, you, you have seventy percent of the enough. globally produced. We want it all. Hey, listen. Greedy. Everyone knows there's. They're only they're jumping in because everyone knows maple syrup is strictly sold in tourist shops <laughs> <laughs> that sells some weird ass animal T-shirts, some beavers, and some little Canadian maple syrup things. And that's it. That's the only place to buy them. So, now, maple syrup is considered a 
extremely valuable commodity. I came across this statistic many times during my research <laughs> is that a barrel, a full barrel of uh, maple syrup is worth about $1,200 American. And that's about 18 times the value of U.S. crude oil. Yeah, I like to refer, yeah. to, refer to it as just crude syrup, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from, <laughs> from crude syrup. Crude like, syrup. listen, it's uh, when I first learned that, I was, again, it, it comes up a lot. Anyone to do with maple syrup loves pointing that out. Uh, Big syrup. Big, Big syrup. syrup's all about it. Yeah, big syrup is... And you know, underlying of this source of this story is there is in fact big syrup, big time, yeah. <laughs> like without a doubt, big syrup. It's it's wild to me. Like they they basically got sh shipping containers floating off in the sea. Like don't bring it to port. The prices are dipping. Like keep that crude out there. People always talk about a global cabal, like financial whatever. No, we have a legit cabal formulating and. Quebec, Canada. Formulating? Well-established. Well-established cabal. And controlling the market price of our syrup. We are drastically overpriced paying syrup. Ask yourself this. When you go into the supermarket, ask yourself, have you ever seen the price of syrup vary nope. at all? Ever? <laughs> no. It's always high. You're always paying expensive prices for syrup. And that's because the big syrup is controlling the market. And it's not, that's not even a conspiracy. This is real people. Wake up. <laughs> so, uh, Brayden, the Alex Jones of maple syrup is referring to the Federation of Quebec maple syrup producers, or usually referred to by the acronym FPAC, FPAQ. Oh, up north, we consider them vanilla ISIS. All right. Yeah. <laughs> vanilla ISIS. Oh. I'm glad you kept that from me all day so I wouldn't yeah. steal it. <laughs> So uh, the way that they operate is very close or people compare them often to OPEC. So uh, Quebec has also gained kind of the the informal title of the Saudi Arabia of maple syrup. These, this federation of maple syrup producers, essentially how they function, um, they were formed about 15 years ago. And it was a bunch of maple syrup sellers uh, that, that, you know, that operated in Quebec. And they figured that the best way to kind of uh, mitigate the or, or, or kind of mitigate the fluctuating prices that you experienced or really in that any agriculture. Anything experiences of like supply and demand. They're like, we can beat this. We supply can beat command. supply and demand. Well, no, no. <laughs> supply and command. There so you go. supply yeah. and demand of... Um, Yes, and also agricultural businesses. So you know, if you have a if you have a good growing season, you're going to flood the market, and the price for it is going to fall. The price of your product is going to fall. If you have a bad season, then you're going to have less syrup, and then that means that the prices are going to be high. So the problem that this creates is that you have buyers that are hesitant to purchase your product, you know, not knowing what the price is going to be, or they're going they're not going to buy during high season or during a low season. And then you don't Listen, make enough Dan, money. You don't have to explain this because everyone who plays that fucking Animal Crossing or whatever <laughs> knows, right? You want to purchase your turnips, sell your turnips when they're high and buy them when they're cheap to exchange them for bells. Everyone knows this. It's basic Animal Crossing economics. <laughs> sure. So, so you got yes. ma maple syrup producers hedging their syrup all in a conglomerate. Right. And so uh, another function of the 
of this FPAC is for them to store excess uh, maple syrup in what is termed the global strategic syrup reserve, global strategic reserve of maple syrup. They have a system <laughs> of warehouses where they store excess maple syrup. Each producer, which is about right now, I think it's about 13,500 yeah. producers of maple syrup that belong to FPAC in Quebec and that they they are assigned quotas. Once you reach it, your quota, that excess that you produce during that season is shipped to the warehouse and then it is sold later. Uh, and But it could be from, you know, months to years till that gets sold. And then you get paid for your product. It, it's nonstop referred these warehouses with these with the crude syrup is nonstop referred to as the global um, supply, <laughs> the global reserves of maple syrup. And they're not lying. Like no. it's it's all the world's maple syrup we store in, in Quebec and just control the like the this F pack just controls the prices. This is legitimately like this. This is satire, man. Like, yeah, you, I'm yeah. listening to this. It's legitimately like being all joking aside, like being in Western Canada. This just like I remember like reading about this. It reads like it's an article in the fucking onion. Yeah, it totally like this, does. You know what I mean? Like, this is fucking hilarious. You're like, what do you mean? The global reserves now <laughs> maple syrup? Like what? Do, but it, it's, I, I was going to say, do they they call it like the global reserve, but do they store any other nations or is it all from Quebec? I would be like your global strategic. It's all Quebec. It's, it's all, all Quebec. pretty much the yeah. federation of uh, the yeah. federations. I just so refer to them as seventy percent. Seventy percent of the world's crude, crude syrup barrels syrup. Are, are stored. Yeah, in is it at well usually one location or maybe multiple. We're going to get into it, but it's yeah. It's usually a, there, there's one warehouse. Uh, one of the main places that they used to store it uh, is there's a place like three. It's like. Um, they said it's about three hours east of Montreal. Uh, there's yeah, one place that they the only it, way to get to that place. You got to hop on your bombardier there and fucking I, take a left there by Ernie's place. And there it is. Fucking and I right have there, to ask pal. because we, you know, with how many fucking times we've heard that crude syrup is, you know, three times more than oil. I got to imagine with a product like this. Like you're probably storing it in some sort of fucking lockdown Fort Knox facility, like oil, because you can't be just storing these things at the fucking I'm, at, at Dale's U-Haul and storage. Yeah, well, you can't be willy-nilly right? about it, but you can't be willy-nilly right? about this liquid like, gold. I, I'm picturing, uh, I'm, I'm picturing bunkers, bunkers, armed guards, Mounties everywhere, boys, like everywhere. Real Mounties. I'm I'm not talking about the ones that drive cars. I, I want to see some actual mounted Surge. police on the fucking horses. Fuck so if you're picturing a Fort Knox of Canada before 2012, <laughs> you'd be wrong. Because pretty much the uh, highest form of uh, security that they had at their largest one of their warehouses was a fence. Well, you got to tell me. Just Dudley Do-Right was there at least. Dudley Do-Right? Yeah, fuck yeah. That guy's it, a national goddamn hero. It just blows me away that all these barrels, every single one of these barrels is stored in essentially a fucking U-Haul facility. But it looks like the, it, when we're watching the we're watching Dirty Money, it looked like a fucking it looked like an episode of uh, Storage Wars, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like just bush league, warehouse. like little padlock on the fucking door, zipper up. Yeah, boys, that's where the fuck syrup is right over there. Hey, eh? uh, the codes undo toi cat. <laughs> 
Enter. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with with the formation of FPEC, you also have this uh, a burgeoning, and probably that it still exists today. There is a black, what is considered a black market for maple syrup, because a lot of sellers uh, are not happy, or there are some sellers that are not happy with what the, the terms Price that fixing. the FPEC kind of lays out. Well, and it's you got to remember, it's kind of a weird thing that's happened is you have this like organization that's come in and been like, we now own all the maple syrup. If it's on right. your land, we don't care. We own it. Control. You have yeah. to sell to us. And that's like, that's it. And if you don't sell to us, you try to sell somewhere else. We're going to fine you because right. uh, and there's mafia, a new law. Man. There's a new law that we say is a law. Yeah, there are there are some stipulations to that. So, but Braden is Braden is is not wrong. There there is um, while producers are allowed to sell as much as they want directly to consumers, all the bulk sales need to go through the federation, and the federation charges approximately fourteen cents a pound fee for both administrative and marketing robbery. costs. Fucking Charge robbery. fourteen cents a pound payment to the mafia. That's why when. <laughs> Everybody yeah. in Canada, everybody's got a guy. Yeah. I got that, a guy. Andrew's got a guy. I got a guy. That, I got a guy. His name is Kirkland. <laughs> and if you're wondering what those marketing costs go towards, uh, just go ahead go ahead and look up the the maple syrup <laughs> superhero syrup cool, who is uh known apparently as the smartest superhero in the galaxy. He looks like a drop of maple syrup. And he gets his lightning quick reflexes. He kind of looks like a drop of piss. Let's be honest. Yeah, it looks like a piss drop. He looks like he needs some... worth eighteen hundred dollars a barrel. Looks Whoever like, let that loose needs some water. Exactly. He looked dehydrated. <laughs> so basically, Dan is what you're saying is these guys came in and told him, "Hey, you fucking hosers, we're gonna tax you on your fucking oil." And some of these guys said, "Well, that's the way she goes, boys. It is what it is." And these other guys were like, "Fuck that. That's bullshit. Black market." Right. So you you had this black market that probably existed since the the formation of the federation. There's a lot of people who are, you know, fiercely independent. The, from what Rebels. I understand in my reading of the of the 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 maple syrup business is that a lot of times these are these are family-owned business. They are they are passed down through generations. You grow these these groves of trees, you see them grow from saplings to whatever uh, to a full-grown tree. Uh, these stands of trees are your family legacy. So a lot of families feel like, you know, giving their their livelihood over to a federation that they're not allowed to do with what they want, with what is essentially their entire livelihood. Uh, they feel, you know, shorted in some way. Yeah, no well, kidding. You got to fight. You got to fight back against the big syrup fucking empire, man. They're coming for you. They are. Well, it, it, it is like we, we've kind of said, it's, it's mafia-like. This organization came in and was like, hey, listen, you're selling bulk to us. And if you don't, we're going to find you. They're like, why? They're like, well, we've basically bought off the politicians and they've said that uh, this is law now in our province only. He's lying. You know what he's doing is he's lying in fucking Trudeau's pockets with fucking syrup. He's got <laughs> the good stuff. Buddy. Yeah, Trudeau's. Everybody knows when they say Trudeau's got sticky fingers, it's because of all the fucking syrup. <laughs> fucking rights, man. Uh, <laughs> The the um, WE scandal is all a, all a front for uh, the the syrup, syrup scandal that's about big to syrup, Hey, listen, that the, all that shit pales in comparison to the <laughs> syrup scandal. Uh, but it, it's it's a weird thing because every like province that circles Quebec 
they have a free market system. So they're free to buy from these independent sellers. But the Federation goes like, if you sell to them, we will fine you because you're not allowed. But the other provinces aren't <laughs> under the umbrella of this weird provincial mafia that like runs big syrup. It's fucking weird. And that's 70% of the syrup. It's a really wild situation going on in Quebec. The wild, wild west of syrup. So now you have this you have this environment where where you have a large supply of syrup that is going pretty much untapped. You have this black market, so there is a demand for maple syrup. And you have this idea that formulates within some people's heads. The, the one that we do know about that what we're we're titling the great maple syrup heist is perhaps not even the first one that's ever been committed. It's probably we should have the, said the greatest. It is the mm. greatest so one, far. Right. So far that we know of from this from one of these. Uh, it started in about 2011, if we want to go if we want to go that far. And the only reason that we found out of that, about this or that the, the authorities started to find out about this is that once a year, every year, the FPAC takes inventory of the barrels in every one of their warehouses, wherever they store. The every one syrup. of their U-Haul storage facilities. Yeah. Right. Hey, it's top of the line, pal. Now, as you can Paladin imagine. security going around in their fucking Yaris's checking shit out. Come on now. Those guys got whistles and flashlights. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So you could consider that one of the I would consider some of the security measures being that these barrels of syrup weigh about 600 pounds each. So it's not easy to move all these, oh, fuck you know, Dan, easy clandestinely work, from easy one place work. to the other. One under each arm. No problem. No problem. Yeah, easy, right? Yeah, See, easy works. This guy's never rolled a barrel, eh? Yeah, he doesn't know what that feels you like. You don't have to carry it when you can just roll the barrel. It's round, That's eh? That's right, my friend. So you have one of these uh, FPAC inventory uh, operatives. His name is Michel, Ga Michel Gavreau. And he was taking his inventory of one of the warehouses outside. This is not the main warehouse, but another warehouse that had been rented and was operated outside of that one. So it's a FPAC. little, it's it's not as high class as the main one. So it's not a U-Haul. It's probably no, fucking it probably like doesn't 10 even have a sheds. Fence. It might it's like probably a budget. <laughs> yeah. it, no, dude, it might even be a better, a better quality warehouse. It might have two locks. A gate yeah. or a gate two and padlocks? a lock. Maybe. Oh, fuck. Impenetrable. You probably have to scan your fucking membership at the door to let the gate <laughs> in. Uh, so normally, uh, from what I understand, is that it was kind of common procedure for these inventory workers to, or inventory counters to climb on top of the barrels and then to, to take an accurate count of how much the barrels were inside the things. And as Michelle was climbing one of these towers of things, these, these barrels are uh, stacked about like four to six barrels high uh he climbed up to the top and he put his hand both hands on top of a barrel thinking this 600 pound barrel would not shift under his weight unfortunately that barrel did shift he did fall thinking he was going to be crushed under this 600 pounds of sugary delicious maple yeah. syrup <laughs> he's like this is how i've always wanted to die <laughs> i knew it would end this way <laughs> <laughs> what? there's a empty barrel at the top of a warehouse is what is what yes. you're saying so this empty barrel fell down 
And uh, Michel kind of, you know, was wondering why this barrel fell down. He knocked, tapped on it, figured out that it was empty. Well, it could, so, it could be just a stocking error. And that was the that was the original assumption that these this was perhaps just an error. This something had had happened, and it was just an inventory error. So it's not anything to get worked up for. Shit just screams lazy to me because we all know growing up, you want to sneak a little bit of your parents' vodka, you toss a little water in there, you fucking bingo bango bongo. Or man. I just threw the bottle away, and they never know. They had oh, so many smart. Yeah, they know they weren't hard hard drinkers. My mom started putting it in the freezer, checking it, busted, <laughs> but yeah. Well, you put it so, in the freezer and it freezes, you know you're fucked. You're fucked. <laughs> During, uh, you know, further on into the fall of 2012, they took a couple more inventories of a few other warehouses and found out that there were actually a number of other barrels that had been emptied. Also, in addition to that, a couple of barrels had been, uh, it, you know, they had found out or they ob observed that there was rust forming on some of the barrels in the warehouse. Which is interesting because... The reason there's rust on these barrels is they concluded it has to be filled with water because maple syrup doesn't sweat. Syrup don't sweat. Syrup don't, syrup sweat. don't sweat, baby. It's don't sweat the cold. It's like sixty, like sixty-two percent sugar. So what do you mean? It's like a dog at pants or what? Yeah, but so <laughs> what? What's happening is these barrels are filled with water and they're sweating like the condensation gets to the outside and rust the bottom rim of the barrel. And where they're sitting. Interesting. It's kind of ingenious how they start to look and they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, look at all these rust spots. Secondly, they had specialty forklifts specifically designed to carry these barrels. Like soft grip That forks? leaves no marks on it. Kind of class on the top and the bottom, picks them up like this, like two little hooks. Now they start to notice that a lot of these barrels are dented, scraped. Right? Does it, it? They're not the same. Well, the problem here is these guys obviously didn't get their fucking PhD in syrupology. Or you know what I mean? It's pretty fucking obvious. You need that if you're gonna be running a syrup fucking. Fortress. I don't think they had their forklift driver's test. Maybe a combo of both. Yeah, hosers. Fucking hosers for sure. Fucking <laughs> hosers. So after the inventories were done, and then they took stock of how many barrels seem to have been stolen they came up th with the number of ten thousand barrels short what? ten thousand barrels missing now how much do you think how much is that worth worth roughly so that would probably be about five hundred and forty thousand gallons of syrup that had been stolen and that comes to about 12.5 percent of the reserve at the time and the street value of that much would be about $13.4 million Dude, US. That's really. a big so fucking heist. Jesus. That's a fuck. That's, that's the big dirty. That's a yeah, big, that's big dirty. time, man. TPB would be proud of that. Hell yeah, boys. That's the dirty. Not, not st stealing toonies. And that's American dollars. dollars. That's not Monopoly money. That's fucking American. Yeah, are we dollars. talking American dollars here? Yeah, that's, that's uh, for, Yeah, for, I believe American, American dollars. dollars. And then it was like closer, it was like 18 million something that's in not, Canadian. Yeah, that's about yeah. 4 billion in Canadian, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like I, when you start to read this, you, you're like, maple syrup? What? You're, $13 million? Dude. You're like, and it was just in some fucking U Haul storage units? I have and so many questions. 10, well, that's only that's barrels? only and that's like, only twelve and a half percent of the total reserve. 
Now, instantly, you start to realize that this isn't this isn't this isn't just fucking, you know, me sneaking to the fucking grocery store and you know taking a couple fucking M and M's from the bulk bin, slamming them back. This is an organized. This has to be an organized. We got to have multiple accomplices to start moving that much crude syrup out of warehouse. Yeah. So what what we're saying here is they've emptied and refilled some with water and some they they got sloppy and they forgot them. They left them empty. And that's pretty much how they've this plan has started to be foiled. Right. So now you have one of the the beginning of one of the I believe it's one of the largest police investigations. Damn right. In Canadian history. If not the largest. You had uh, not only the the Quebec, the Quebecois police, but you had the Royal Mounties and you even had the U.S. Customs, a joint, an international team of investigators to find so we got- the culprits behind the great maple syrup. Oh, so they must have been trying to ship across border if you're bringing in the feds down south. Uh, so yeah, there there was definitely that suspicion because the the most one of the most I guess appealing things about stealing maple syrup is that syrup is like crude oil, uh, similar to crude oil, is that it is a type of commodity. You can eat it. <laughs> yes, that <laughs> is yes, that's better. Well, that makes it better than crude oil. One thing that makes also makes it similar is that. Once it leaves the warehouse, once it leaves its point of production, you can sell it anywhere and it's gone. It doesn't have a label on it. It doesn't have anything on it. You know, once you eat it, it's gone. Once you ship it somewhere, there's nothing that says that this was that this maple syrup was created here or it's this hard, whatever. Yeah, you hard to back. There's track. no fucking DNA evidence when you're talking no. about syrup here. So once you yeah. got once you got syrups, say whatever, whoever bought the the rogue crude syrup could just bottle it and sell it or make toffee or whatever they do with it and boom it's gone right that's so, so you that's could have you have buyers for. that could have bought this uh you know yeah this fenced uh this fenced uh or black market hmm. maple syrup and a lot of them wouldn't even have known where it came from right they can just say that we got it from here and here take it you, you they would have had to know something's up some guys like, hey, you want to buy uh, 10,000 barrels of crude syrup? Huh? Good price. Number one good price for you. <laughs> <laughs> I cut you a good deal. Yeah, I mean, the story uh, It's the story progresses, but I think uh, I think we all need a little refill on the beer. So we'll Maple take, syrup. Take a quick... Uh, refill your syrup bottles. Quick syrup shot. We'll be right back. Continue with the great Canadian maple syrup heist. Yeah, well, yeah, I fucking bet, bud. Listen here, if we were in fucking studio, we'd be having a good old fashioned Donnybrook. Bud. Hey, listen, bud, I'll fucking twist it off right now. You don't want you none wanna, of this, you bud. fucking you call it. I'll twist it off right now. Buddy. There's one way we can settle this. Why well, you don't? You don't even fucking say that unless you you're fucking, ready to fucking bring you it. You calling me out? I you fuck, oh, fuck <laughs> you, twi- bud. Fuck you then, <laughs> pal. You, you want to go? You want to fucking oh, go, bud? Let's settle it. There's only one way. Let's fucking do it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this and not on the live stream, we have a good old-fashioned Canadian maple syrup chug-off. Boys, boys, that's a tiny, that's a tiny bottle you just slammed there. I'll show you how to put the biscuit, biscuit top cheddared. Here we go. 
Guy's a maniac, eh? Look at him. Holy fuck. Guy's officially a diabetic now. Look at that shit. Holy I was just going to say I caught, I caught the diabetes. Holy. You got the beatus. That guy's got a case of beatus hard. That's one liter of sugar down the hatch. Bravo, pal. It's too Ranger. much for the diabetes. <laughs> there gets to a point when you ingest so much sugar that you beat diabetes. Yeah, just right. eat more sugar. Don't do that. If do you not diabetes, do, that, do that. Do not follow that advice at home. That takes severe practice, a lot of practice to beat diabetes well, with sugar. Everybody knows Canadians are immune to that kind of shit, or of else we'd be like the Americans. We ha yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> diabetes is a little cut. It is a it is a uh, serious disease, and we have a problem with it in the United States. I have no problem admitting that. Hey, it took out our boy Brimley, man. Rest in peace. They help me. Anyways. But Okay, great, uh, great Canadian dust off there with the maple syrup chug. <clears throat> I don't feel great. I'm not gonna lie, I don't feel good. You might have a, uh, you might have a maple syrup. You might is <sighs> might yeah. Andrew might slip into a sugar coma in a second here. <laughs> we all yeah, might. Uh, if you're watching a live stream, might be some projectile vomit on on the webcams. <laughs> so now you have ten thousand barrels of maple syrup stolen from a warehouse in. I don't think Quebec. they used real syrup in Super Troopers. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think it was fake syrup. Ooh, that hurts. Ooh. All right, all right. Continue. What were we talking about? Well, <laughs> we're talking about the investigation of the great maple syrup heist. Right. So, where do you start when you have you know ten thousand barrels of syrup stolen? Uh, the 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 combined investigative force started with interviewing about 300 people, and they executed about 40 search warrants <laughs> trying to find 40 people. <laughs> you really paused that for dramatic flair, and they executed 40 search search warrants. warrants. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would make it more exciting. It was almost it was almost that severe though that we almost reversed our death penalty. Yeah. I figured this would this would be the one. If there was something that Canadians would change their policy on the death penalty, it would be this. I feel like it's pretty obvious who's fucking doing it. Who's that? You know it's fucking Snidely Whiplash, that fucking that prick. Little, that little fuck. <laughs> you know it is. Dudley Do-Right's been giving that guy the fucking one-two for a long time, but he's still <laughs> fucking around. The, the investigators got a kind of good idea about how these... Barrels were stolen. Uh, Braden mentioned before that he, <laughs> they went in there like someone stole them. <laughs> they got a pretty, they got a pretty good idea about how they stole these barrels when they noticed that the the some of the barrels that had been placed in the warehouses were dented in certain areas, like certain specific, like a consistent markings on some of these barrels. Uh, which kind of indicated that they had used a type of a certain type of forklift that the warehouses, the, the F pack are not normally known to use. They use certain, they use a special type of uh, a forklift in all of their warehouses in order to avoid denting or scratch or even scratching a lot of uh, the barrels that they store there at yeah. their warehouses. It's fucking amateur hour here, boys. Come on now. Easy to fucking snuff that shit out. So now the police went around and uh, with this lead, they used this to to take them to any, all of, and any of the forklift rental 
businesses in the area asking about, you know, looking for people who had worked at these warehouses or names of people who were associated with these warehouses. And they found that at least one person or two people, one to two people had actually used their actual names to rent out these forklifts. They would rent out forklifts for the fucking heist. Well, you had to get the forklifts to be able to put them on the truck. That's some fucking Aaron Hernandez Yeah, but you think with the limited security, you think with the limited security, they could somehow get the keys to the regular forklift and use it. (laughs) So according to the prosecutors who worked on the case, they they figured that the gang would take this gang of people, because it had to be more than one person, would take these barrels out of the reserve uh, to a, what is called traditionally a sugar shack. So a place where they produced uh, maple syrup and they would use just siphons like gravity siphons so much like slow siphon like how you would siphon gasoline out of the tank of a car you suck the tube until you get taste that sweet sweet nectar then you put it into another barrel yeah just let, gra- you go. let gravity do its job boom done if you if you, if you look into this you have a lot of people who kind of came in on this they were not the original probably not the original planners of this we'll, we'll get to the people who were the, probably the the head honchos of the operation but you had people who came into this a little bit later who necessarily didn't know the entire plan but they knew something was kind of off and then they were approached by these people who were kind of in charge and saying hey you know how about like a thousand bucks if you just kind of if you maybe you want to help us out a bit little hush money here. A little bit of hush money. Money changed hands, hush money, all this stuff was going on. And so they bring in these accomplices. They they siphon off these barrels from the reserve. They said that the water, uh, you know, police suspected that the water that they used to fill some of these barrels was actually just creek water. That they had filled it from a creek near the... Straight out. (laughs) Yeah. And so now... The people who were moving this, not necessarily all of them, you know, when they were questioned and, and, you know, identified and then they're like, we know that you moved that syrup. A lot of them who were arrested claimed that they didn't know that the syrup was stolen. That they were asked to come in and move the syrup and they didn't know that it was stolen. They just said, hey, we need you to move this syrup from here to here. And they did it. Yeah, they were independent independent contractors. Hmm. Hey, we need a shipment. We got a shipment of barrels going down to the states. Do you want the job? It's going to be twelve hundred fifty bucks. Sure, why not? No questions. Right? Like, I I don't doubt that outside of like the the siphoning of the barrels. As soon as you get into like moving the barrels after they've been siphoned and stuff, and you're selling them on the black market, I have no doubt that a lot of the people involved just had no idea. Just were like, I mean, listen though, like you, it depends on who's asking you to do something like this. You know what I mean? If you got fucking some shady Tony Montana motherfucker walking home being like, hey, pal, I got a job hey, for you pal. real quick. It's a little different, though, if he's like, hey, pal, I need you to move $13 million worth of cocaine. <laughs> and he's like, hey, man, I've got fucking 18 barrels of maple syrup that's got to go to the States. I don't know if I'd ask the same questions. Yeah, if you're a shady motherfucker, you're going to know. You're going to be like, I don't know about this guy. Why am I showing up at fucking 2 a.m. to move this syrup out of this fucking shop? You're going to know. But you're not going to ask any questions because you need that dough. Yeah. Hey, listen, boys, got a quick fucking job. Show up 2.30 a.m. We're all black. Maybe fucking balaclavas here. No big deal. Dress code. Show up. When grab you, some of this fucking syrup and fuck yeah, off. When, when you get to the get to the gate, turn your lights off. Drive down. It's just so- maple syrup. Don't worry about it. 
Yeah, it's not a big deal, pal. So from the beginning, the 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 investigators had pretty much two prime suspects that they had at the top of their list. They had one, Avik Caron, who owned the warehouse, operated the warehouse where that syrup was, where that syrup that was stolen was being stored. And then you also had Richard Valliers, uh, who was a known what is uh, you know we already mentioned the term before he was a known barrel roller 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 he was a person he was known that he was kind of known within circles to be the person that if you wanted to sell your stolen syrup or you wanted to sell he your was... your above quota syrup he was the person was that you wanted guy. to contact what a title to have <laughs> He was the barrel roller. Buddy, that's got that's the fucking Tony Montana of fucking maple syrup here, boys. Yeah. Guy makes shit happen. He's a mover and shaker. Now Avik Caron was actually no he popped up on their radar pretty soon after the after they discovered what had happened and the, the full extent of the crime because Avik Caron actually had a history of a criminal background of fraud, which I think he had been accused of, alleged and accused of, but he never got convicted. They didn't have enough evidence to kind of pin it on him. Uh, so he kind of just, but he had that history behind him. And then Richard Valliers was known for this. So they, they interviewed a couple of the people from like the, uh, like from the F pack, the people who were, you know, mainly affected by this, you know, they know these names. Uh, the, I, one of the funny things that I found while researching is that, that even though there's like 13, five, you know, 13,000 producers of, maple syrup in quebec they all kind of know each other it's actually like a relatively small community so they almost all know each other by name because yeah, they're all part of and the that, fucking mafia well yeah <laughs> and they, well they all know each other but also the name Rich, richard valliers is well known to them they're like uh at least one of the people who is high up in the f-pack you know they interviewed him and uh a, a news a news reporter asked him you know specifically like what what how what was your reaction when they told you that it might be Valier and he's like again <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah like of course it's, of course it's him <laughs> guys infamous man yeah so uh you know to kind of put it in perspective you know again uh brains uh, everybody's kind of saying that this happened like maybe like in one night you have all these dudes and and, and like ski masks coming in here rolling these barrels out into a, a you know a line of trucks to go off this happened for about a year they did this for a year just like small bits and pieces here and there and moving this this syrup I out picture, of the warehouse but still kind of like when the fucking bad guys invade nakatomi tower <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, here's the thing: pros. Are they bad guys, or are they the Robin Hoods of the story, giving uh, the syrup back to the people? I don't know. You're robbing the mafia, stealing, stealing from the Federation, and giving syrup back to the people. But taste. Yeah, but what price are they selling it for here? That's true. Cutting market a deal or what? Bla market price. Black market black value. market value. But hey, we're <laughs> saying that it took it took like a year. Was like, like a year and a half was the full heist, but still, that's ten thousand barrels of oil or oil. <laughs> Oh. Crude syrup. Of crude syrup. Crude, crude, crude syrup. syrup. Ten thousand barrels. So that's like, what's that? Like a year. Like you're doing, like a lot of barrels a night to make that. That's Forty billion dollars in Canadian, actually. A lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot to pay off the national and, debt. Fuck yeah. And so they they estimate that they probably actually recovered about two thirds of that. 
that which they had lost. And a lot of it they recovered from one new Brunswick based syrup reseller, uh, Etienne St. Pierre, uh, when they when they raided his uh, storage facility where he was keeping his multi, mo, uh, most of his syrup from that season. George's cousin. Oh, so I'm sure he pleaded pleaded in, innocent. And he did. Uh, when they asked him like where he had gotten all this syrup, he said some of it's mine. Some of it's like, I may have bought it from Valier and all them, but I didn't know it was stolen. Yeah. I think he maintains his story to this day that I didn't know that any of this was stolen. It was syrup. <sighs> like I simply resell it. Like I buy it and I resell it. I don't care where it comes from because that's not my job. He's a fence. He's like, I'm a fence, motherfucker. Well, he's a reseller. Care. It's a it's yeah. a legitimate job. Like it's like it's, or whatever. It's a legitimate profession. You buy things and then you sell them. Like that's what you do. I don't care where it comes from. That's not my thing. <laughs> Got a good good price and fucking moved it, boys. Yeah. No big deal. Can't blame the guy. If some of these men were brought to justice, or you know, can, what you can consider justice, I guess. Uh, Avid Caron uh, was sentenced to five years in prison. He also got a one point two million dollars Canadian million uh, fine. And also Valliers was pretty much considered the ringulator. He was sentenced in 2017 to eight years in prison, plus a $9.4 million Canadian dollar fine. That's pretty much, Uh, that's the equivalent of a life sentence in Canada. That takes a lot to get that. Hey, listen, I I know murderers who didn't get as long. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck, right? right? People who have killed people. Who didn't get as long as these motherfuckers who stole some syrup. Yeah, they get dropped down to manslaughter, they get five years, and then probation. It's a fucking... It's, it's not even a food, it's a condiment. It's a fucking, it's a fucking liquid sugar. It's a fucking sugar. condiment. It's the lifeblood of our country. This guy got fucking <sighs> up to 14 years for stealing a condiment. That you really... You say that now until you fucking have a nice fresh pair of Eggos pop in your toaster and don't have any fucking maple syrup to douse those things in. Then you'll kill change somebody. your tune. <laughs> then you'll fucking change your tune. Man. Then you'll be on the murder path. Fuck yeah. It's fucking crazy. What a fucking, what a case. Hmm. Yeah, it, and uh, the funny thing is, is that most, probably most Canadians, I would say you guys, did you guys know about the F-Pack before this? Did no. you, were you aware of it? I, I didn't even I, know I had maple syrup in my fridge. <laughs> it's been there for about four years. <laughs> I knew I knew that maple syrup was like made in most of it. I knew most of the world's like supply was made in Quebec. But I didn't know there was like a syrup mafia. And they call them the Saudi, the uh the Saudis of syrup. <laughs> so I think I've seen them as being referred to. Quebec Mafia, the F back, the Saudis of syrup. Yeah. But it, it's it's it like when I was reading this and you start to see what they're doing, and like there's a lot of money to be made around the world selling syrup, and they control the price. And I'm like, something so trivial as fucking maple syrup. And no one would have ever been this aware of what they're doing had not $13 million been sold, like stolen, and it made national headlines. And said, I don't think anyone would know that this is the practice that they do. And I'm like, if they're doing shit like this with stuff that's so trivial, like fucking syrup, they're doing it with every, like there's, there's fucking big everything. You know what I'm saying? There's big everything, man. We've, we've covered a lot of them. And this is just the newest, newest addition to the big everything club. Yeah. Big syrup, yeah. Big syrup. This is Canadian big syrup. No, like when we started this, I knew that a lot of syrup was produced in Quebec and I, I knew, I did not know about like 
you know, in uh, you could call this like a socialist ideal if it wasn't done, if everyone agreed to it, but it seems to be forced on the people, right? It just like, like it, it seems if it was like everyone voted to do this and like for like put it into like a common fund to like make sure wages were the same every year, that's like a socialist type of type of government but this is like forced upon people it's it's so it's so fucking wild in quebec in the syrup industry that like opposition leaders opposition leaders opposition syrup leaders Hmm. who are against the fucking fpac the fpac will hire like private investigators and pis to fucking surveil them and like stalk them and like just dig up overall just like dig up dirt on these people who are just opposed to the current system. And then there's, there's, there's the, the I'm going to call the radical left surpers <laughs> who are, who are, who are fucking like firebombing the fucking F packs, like the president's house and his maple syrup, fucking what he's doing. Like it's, it's mind blowing the Fuck shit that's man. going on in the syrup industry. Who would have thought back? Who would have fucking everybody's thought? everybody's hands are dirty. If you're if you if you're chugging syrup like uh, us three, your hands are dirty. There's blood on your hands. Yeah, I'll take <laughs> I'll take a little blame. Unless unless you're consuming uh, <laughs> free market Vermont maple syrup. So that's well, everyone knows that's inferior I mean, product. Piss water. Yeah, it's inferior yeah. product. Capitalism. Spit on this. Yeah, number one. You know <laughs> you know what the one thing uh, the Quebec the syrup. Mafia doesn't want you to know is most of the maple trees are south of the border. They're they just are. there's true. there's just not a mark for whatever reason the market never took hold. There's way more maple trees that could produce way more syrup if people started doing it south of the border. Yeah, there there's a lot of I I know I've seen I've definitely seen the claims of at least a couple of Vermont uh, producers of of the uh, of maple syrup and they believe that if they want it to they would be able to outproduce Quebec. For sure. That's be, you know what they're doing? Because they're cutting their fucking syrup with high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> yeah. Watering down it's the not price. Pe- their syrup's not pure. They have very stringent standards. They do. There are actual, like, uh, they do have actual standards for maple syrup. You cannot be labeled maple syrup. If no, you have, that's you not can true. Only have a certain that's amount not of true, sugar. Dan. What is it? I know that's not true because if you go to the store in Canada, there's different grades of maple right. syrup. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. different grades. Like there's, right here? there's light. Fucking... The, there's light. There's light amber. There's amber. There's like dark amber, and there's dark. There's a whole bunch of different styles of maple syrup. You see that? Hundred P right there. Hundred percent. Category A, baby. 100% Category A. Pure. Grade A dark. Say no, Aunt Jemima's Dan. Dude, I just slammed. This is the pure as it gets, pal. One liter of grade A amber. Fuck yeah, boys! Oh, I felt it was delicious. Uh, what was I fucking? What was I saying? Oh. So yeah, the the Vermont that's one of the complaints that uh that the 100 or so uh syrup rebels have against the FPAC is that against the federation the, against the federation is that they're unable to price their stuff at a competitive price and unable to move as much as they would be able to and are being undercut by the US producers because the US producers can set their prices at whatever they want. They don't are they're not beholden they're not beholden to a federation about setting their price, controlling their prices and and who they sell to. Right. Now, I, I bet you a lot of people in the states too probably because they get their maple syrup from Vermont, probably don't even have no idea that Quebec was a huge manufacturer. I know there was even people in the chat I was reading, like, I, I always thought maple syrup was just from Vermont. 
<laughs> like, well, it makes sense if you're living around the area. I mean, it's probably there's they still produce a lot. It's just not anything compared to global sale. Yeah, I think, but I think that the U.S. is the primary consumer of maple syrup from Canada. We, I think, yeah. well, at least like sixty percent or something. A majority it has of to it. be just the population would just make sense to ship it down there. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, one of the things that I found interesting was that the well, one of the reasoning that the FPAC kind of makes it for people in Quebec uh, joining the federation is that they actually have like a global marketing not scheme like a global marketing plan that they've been pushing to open other markets for maple syrup besides just the United States like they've been trying to grow the market and and in most places they've been successful in places like Germany and Japan you know where growth has grown like 12 over 12% over the last like uh, four or five years like they're trying to push maple syrup into these like into the culinary forefront of these places you know to pose it as a a, a healthier alternative to sugar as a sweetener the high fructose um, corn corn syrup for sure right, as like a high a high culinary delicacy well whether it's producing candy or it's like an accent or using it as an ingredient in some uh, you know high-end dishes and things like that uh, the problem with that is though the, the problem with the federation though dan is that you know, like all these profits are lacing the pockets of these fucking fat, you know, corporate fucking fat big cats. syrup, mm. fat cats, right? Yep. Whereas the, the you know, fucking uh, Jacques Cousteau or whatever, who owns his little farm <laughs> that's been handed down through generations, <laughs> he he's not getting, he's not getting any of the profits, right? He's getting this, this price set by the Federation, good or bad, right? Whether he could make more on the free market or less he doesn't get so years where he could make a killing he's not making he makes the flat rate but that meanwhile, brings me to my point being that they are benefiting whether they whether they think it or not they are benefiting from that marketing they get to benefit from that mark is it you know can you consider it you know that they're benefiting from that marketing those people in quebec who are producing maple syrup are benefiting from that marketing from those markets opening up they have a, a broader audience they have a broader consumer uh spectrum which, which to, to sell from but what they shouldn't belong to the federation the federation is doing all the work you know i'm just playing devil's advocate here but you know you part of big syrup to, dan to benefit from that and then not have to do anything or contribute anything to the federation it just seems it seems weird that it's not even it's not even like it's a provincial organization. It's an organization that formed itself by some maple syrup producers who formed this federation now can say to everyone in the in the province of Quebec the syrup that you make on your land isn't yours. It belongs to the federation. Well, it's yours until you sell it, then you have to sell it. Well, sell it in bulk. Oh, yeah, if you, you sell can directly it in bulk, sell it, you can directly just sell it to anybody that you want. But bulk sales have to go through the federation. That's the and bulk, but bulk sales is where you make money. Yeah, right. and the federation is saying we're going to make the money, and we will give you a portion of money well, that we make because we're going to control. We're going to control the market. We're gonna we're gonna manipulate the market mm -hmm. so that we're always getting a high value. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I was talking about. Is if this was done as like a, for the good of the people and everyone got together and like they made the decision all together to do it, then it's like a socialist kind of like thing and like it's for the good of everyone who's part of it. 
But this seemed like it was done by probably it probably started with the biggest manufacturers. Like this is what we're going to do so we can fix the price. So in bad years we can sell for higher, in good years we can sell we can for the still same. Line our pockets. Yeah, and then so then they forced or the little guys out. We can still out. sell our syrup in bad years and not have people being like, oh, it's not going to. It's going to be really expensive this year, so we just won't buy it. Well, yes, but I'm saying this was done. It seems to be not so much for the good of the people, except for the good of a select few. Yeah, that's how it seems to me. It doesn't seem like yeah. they all, everyone was in agreement at the start. It kind of seems like it was taken over by the big guys, and everyone's like, "Well, I, we have to. You can't it beat was can't beat them. Join them." Upon a lot of can't, producers, yeah, you can't beat them. Join them. We didn't even touch on the best fucking part of this whole story. What's that? How they busted these fucking pricks with their code names and all that. Oh yeah, let's get to it. So with the <laughs> one of the one of the pieces of evidence that they found was the text messages sent between some of the conspirators in the you know involved in the cry in the highest. These cell phones had been read. They found that these cell phones had were burner cell phones that had been registered to fake names of Star Wars characters. <laughs> And in the address, I believe is one two three dark side. Awesome, phenomenal, genius, Fantastic. genius, criminal genius. masterminds. Well, we did we did get a few Canadian fucking legends to step in and crack this case that we didn't even talk about. Guys, go down in infamy. What are you talking about? Lace gyms. Lace gyms. Yeah, oh, lace gyms. Lace gyms. Yeah, we know about lace gyms. Guys are fucking Canadian legends. Important part of the story. Right up there with fucking Ron Pond. I hear you. Yeah, they're, they're his French counterpart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Leish Jims. Bonjour, Jim. We have an emergency. Uh, emergency? What, what is uh, going on, Leish Jim? Leish Jim, the barrel rollers have struck again. Tabernacle, Leish Jim, not the barrel rollers. We, the barrel rollers. Do we have any uh, Setun's suspects? We, oui, Jim, we have the suspects. We have one of the battle rollers. His name is Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker is a barrel roller? We, oui, Luke Skywalker is a barrel roller, but that is not all. His father is also a barrel roller. <laughs> you mean to tell me Luke Skywalker is a barrel roller and his father is also a barrel roller? We, oui, Jim, Tabernacle. Luke Skywalker is a barrel roller, and so is his father, Darth Vader. Darth Vader is a battle roller. Les miserables, how, les Jim, how much money did they make away with? Un dollar? No, Jim. Two dollar? <laughs> no, Jim. Trois dollar? <laughs> Jim, so much of the money. <laughs> You're going to need un calculatrice. What, was that Tabernacle? I thought I heard a Steve there for a second. <laughs> Tabernacle. Who is the a Steve you speak of? Tabernacle. I can't uh, not believe all these barrel rollers is going away with our syrup. The barrel rollers are done it again. Okay, thank you. Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> and that's how the gyms. That's how the call, that's how the phone call went between the Quebec police and the RCMP. <laughs> Solved. Accurate, accurate uh, depiction. A lot of barrel rollers. And that was it. Barrel rollers. Barrel rollers. A crease. I can't believe syrup. it. 
I cannot believe. Tabernak. <laughs> Yeah. It is, this is stupid. <laughs> this is one of the most, it's probably, yeah, one of the most bizarre things that I've ever heard of Like uh, that has happened. That is that the fact that somebody would spend <sighs> the time and the effort to steal maple syrup, but it does show, you oh, know, the, the manipulation of a certain commodity. That If you have the singular control of a, a certain commodity, the, what you can do with it. So, um, the crazy thing, like you guys said before, is that you didn't really know about this F pack that this does that this thing does exist. That it is something that no. is really there's a maple syrup mafia. Yeah, a maple 100%. syrup cartel. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we do know of other cartels, like, and we probably should talk. They're about They're firebombing people's maple syrup production in Quebec. <laughs> firebombing it. It's a mafia. It's a fucking wild west. The cartel exists. So you do have that, but it's like it it goes to show what happens when one group, one singular group takes control of a certain commodity. And I would say like this puts it, it almost puts it on par with diamonds and the De Beer cartel. It like is. We should talk about it's those the same. at some point. It's the exact but, same. They're yeah. controlling the price. It's overinflated because fat cats are making the profits and these fat cats are making the profits on the backs of the producers. Yeah, I mean, that's a good reference of De Beers because for years and years, De Beers like had 95% of the market. I think it's kind of loosened up a little bit lately, but for forever. That's where I like... Just in case if you didn't know, diamonds are worthless. Diamond is one of the most... It's a very... They're worthless. You can't even eat them. It's very abundant. You can't put them on your fucking pancakes. You can't do nothing with yeah. them. And well, it's the same I, thing. Uh, same thing with maple syrup. If you were to... If you didn't have this or too many people... Too many, people, <laughs> too many people started making well, maple syrup. We're going to have problems. Diamonds are bullshit. Diamonds are forever because you can't eat them. Can't yeah. do nothing with them. True. They're stupid. They lose value they don't as go soon with as you pancakes. start buying them. As soon as you buy it, it loses its value. Yeah, there's nothing to it. Looks the shiny. Gold, the gold on the ring is worth more than that diamond if you had to resell it. It's, yeah. This is true. You're so, being yeah, sold we marketing. Have, we'll probably the have greatest to do a marketing. on the De Beers diamond cartel. Yeah. I think that would the, be real yeah. fun. But, yeah, so it... Yeah, it is extremely bizarre, but it's almost like it's just so weird because this crime is like, you're like, it's stupid. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> you're it's like, maple syrup. Uh, someone stole like, my syrup. You're like, fucking cry about it. And you're like, it was worth $13 million. You're, and you're like, like suck on a book. Now that I think about it, like, the, the weird thing is, is like, while I was researching this, now that I remember, is that agricultural crimes are actually on the rise or you've got you you have people actually going out and stealing people's crops of things like uh <laughs> what's this nut nut crimes are on the rise people stealing things like honeybees and walnuts people will drive trucks to honeybee farms yeah. and spray the back of their trucks so that all the bees come into the back of the truck and they'll seal the truck and then drive it to their fucking bee farm like the shit people are doing right now is wild. Like agricultural crimes are wild because when people say, hey, that guy stole my bees, no one gives a shit. No one gives a fuck. <laughs> you had the one, I think Jeez. it was the one story either last year or the year before. I can't remember. They had the one family, like their vineyard had produced, like they had their entire vin like years worth of crop, like their vineyard had produced, stolen. Like their entire all thing. their grapes? All their grapes were stolen in one night. Like a, a, they just brought like a Absolutely semi devastated a semi truck full of people and they just jumped out and picked them all. Just a couple of trucks. I think somebody said like they had seen the headlights, like they'd seen the headlights from the highway and they just saw like a trail of headlights. They didn't think anything of it. 
And then like, but they had had their grapes kind of gathered up together and they kind of left them on their property. People came in, whoop, took them gone. off. Grapes are gone. Gone. Fuckers. Like, I think, I think it was, it was back when California had a pretty, they're having a pretty rough season. I think it was a pretty rough growing season. And then that, that stuff just happens. Like, it's, it, it's like, crazy. Like you call it like someone stole my grapes and you're like, okay, well, like what the fuck you want us to do? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not, pal, yeah, I'm not grapes, 100% bud. sure on the policy, like insurance sour policies grapes. On, on grapes and things like that. I'm, I'm sure there is some, but man, like that is just absolutely devastating to to some of those people. No kidding. You spend, you spend all year growing it. Like you, yeah. there's a lot of man hours and like effort to grow, to grow that stuff. And if someone just swiped it, yeah, if no one's going to give a fuck, the public's not going to really care. And then the boom. fact that there's criminal organizations who only deal in agriculture is wild to me. Like not drugs, not we're not talking drugs. We're talking about produce, and that's mm. all they focus in because it's such a fucking to me an ingenious criminal act because no one cares at the same time. You know what I mean? I remember there is a theory, or some people like kind of accused that the FPAC saying that when this when this crime was perpetrated. That perhaps the FPAC had or the Federation had had a hand in it, or at least they had probably had some sort of feigned ignorance of this crime because they were angling for an insurance payout mm. because they had had because because they had such a good season. That warehouse where they had stored a thing was actually an extra warehouse like they had such a large overflow of product that they perhaps would have profited more from the insurance payout than actually waiting to sell that excess maple syrup. Yeah, but even this, dessert. even if even if some top of let's just let's get hypothetical here. Let's say some top of the fucking maple syrup cartel, right? They were like, hey, gave these guys fucking Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker and the rest of the battle royal heirs uh <laughs> access. And they're like, hey, we want you to take this, we want you to start siphoning this. Right and help them out, and they imagine they got a handful of the profit on the black market, and they get a bit of an insurance payout. You're fucking, you're triple dipping. You're triple Booyah. dipping. Genius. And it's maple syrup, so no one fucking cares. <laughs> it's too bad you just hired bad criminals. It's maple syrup. So no one... Yes. It's a like, it's a perfect crime. It's so man. nuts. It's, it's so like it's honestly. So to me... It's like borderline victimless crime, you know? You're yeah. just like, what? Maple syrup? Like, that's so weird. And just, it's like, maple syrup. I don't, I, personally, to me, I, I get, if it were somebody who ate, like, maple syrup all the time, maybe, I yes, get, I would be I angry about so this. I would call for heads to roll. You know, I'd get out my guillotine or whatever. But for me, who never really eats maple syrup, I'm just kind of like, what? Really? Dude, think about how, if they would have just been better at the crime how long they could have got away with it for. Right. It's so, it's so dumb. Like it's maybe like, tossed in a little fucking iced tea mix in that water, stirred her up, made it a little thicker, you know, brown. Just think about this. Instead of emptying the barrels completely filled with water, why not just take a couple liters out of each? Half and half. Just no, just a couple liters, just a little, you know, a little swig, a little swig, button them back up, get a forklift that doesn't fucking dent the barrels. Don't leave they them empty. Greedy, Zell. They didn't want to play the slow game. They wanted it all fucking Had to now. get the stuff all out, man. Had to go. If you want to do version two of this heist, that's what you got to do. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Because there's no way they have that much better security now. You might you might have to bribe one security guard. Next podcast, ATT from <laughs> Canadian prison after the great <laughs> the great Canadian maple syrup heist two. Part two. Part two. Part two. <laughs>
ATT Big Dirty coming up. Fuck yeah. Not going to need any uh, any more podcasting. We're just going to, you know, we got, we got, we, we, we won't pick maple syrup. We'll pick a, pick a different crop. I'm not sure what. What else could you? Yeah, I don't know. Anyways. I don't know. Stealing bees sounds pretty fun. I don't know. Stealing bees. <laughs> Dan, it hasn't happened. It has, there's no great American maple syrup heist. Maybe we can get That's one true. going down hey, south. You son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a fucking wild case, though. Just ridiculous. It's so crazy. Yeah, we thought we'd do something light for uh, for Christmas. Christmas so we thought yeah. it'd be fine. Holidays. Everyone does Krampus or Santa Claus. All the classics where you know what? Yeah, we did Santa Claus. We did Santa Claus weird stuff last year. Yeah. We haven't done the bell schnickel yet. <laughs> Next, year. Uh, Next year. But here's the thing. When you're sitting down um, and enjoying your breakfast on Christmas morning, if you have pancakes with maple syrup, um, maybe give your... I think this could, that could be black market. That's blood syrup right there. Blood syrup right there that you're drinking. So <laughs> Black market maple syrup. You need a little more excitement yeah. in your breakfast meal. Just imagine that that's black black market maple syrup. That yep. could be that could be blood syrup you're chugging. Yep. Um. All right. Well, uh, final thoughts. I think uh, we've pretty much covered that one pretty good. Yeah, we gave our final thoughts. I think just as we pretty much went. I'm avoiding final thoughts for the rest of the fucking podcast. <laughs> that's it. That's fucking done. No more theories for Andrew. He's done. <laughs> Nothing. Toast. Um, let's get into a little bit of. Space News! Well, first up on Space News, I cannot fucking wait. Um, if you're listening to this live, um, or if you're listening to this on Christmas Day, I cannot fucking wait uh, for the 21st to the 24th to be over because I'm so fucking sick and tired of hearing about how the Gregorian calendar was wrong and 2012 was actually 2020, and that the world's going to end December 21st to the 21st, 24th. There's going to be a bigger crisis coming back. Crisis coming back for revenge, baby. He's co he's coming back. It's a 21st as we're recording this, so it should be starting right around now. Yeah, uh, the second coming in Christ. Uh, it's yeah, ten minutes for me. Ten minutes for me, right? So yeah, I'm ahead of you guys. I'll I'll tell you guys in the next ten minutes or so. <laughs> Dan's still alive in ten minutes. We're good. It's yeah. it's uh, the 21st to the 25th. It's supposed to be like this mass awakening and the second coming of Christ, and because the Gregorian calendar mixed up all these days, so the Mayan 2012 calendar is actually 2020. Uh, this is just the latest in a long stream of fucking into uh, the world. And you know what? The great thing about this is is if you're listening to this, I was right and all these people are wrong or we're all dead and there's no way you can listen to this. <laughs> it's so, over. I <laughs> got you. Win-win for us. I can't be us. wrong. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, so let's see that. Uh, also, it's the, the 21st. So um, if you get out, if you're listening to this and you got out on the 21st and you saw the Bethlehem star, or the Christmas star, Jupiter and Saturn in alignment and you got some photos, send them in because honestly, it's a cloudy night here in on Vancouver Island. I didn't get to see it, so I'd love to see some of your pictures. Same. It is dumping snow here right now, and I'm not going to get to see it, but this is the the closest Jupiter and Saturn will be in the horizon. Well, it's the closest they've been in 800 years. So I probably another eight, probably it's probably an 800 year cycle, I'm guessing. So it'd be 800 yeah. more years. Do you see them? They're going to look like one star without a telescope or binoculars. So, yeah. 
Let it's going to look like a real bright star in the sky. So get out there, take a peek. And if you did take a peek, um, send a picture into us because we were not fortunate enough to see it. Nope. Uh, nope. What else do we have for space news? We had uh, the Chinese probe just brought back the first new sample of the moon in decades. You believe this, Braden? No, I don't. They, so the robot was fake as well? No, I believe they went to the moon with robotics. Yes. Okay, okay. I 100%. This is that sweet, sweet moon cheese? Moon cheese. Yeah, return of the Chang'e, Chang'e 5 rover space probe landed in the Mongolia crater. And I guess it brought back... Well, how much stuff did it bring back? It brought back... Mm, I thought I wrote it down here. 4.5 pounds of material. So that's, you know, the sizable amount. So I guess uh, this is from a different part of the moon than the Apollo missions, I believe. So we'll see if the right. if the samples match or... I bet they're going to find a whole bunch of stuff. Like how much, like how many, how much stuff from the moon do we actually have to study? I mean, you have the, the couple of Apollo missions, but I'm sure scientists are eager to get their hands on whatever they can from the moon for like, sure yeah. <laughs> yeah especially different parts like it there's only so much like one area can tell you about the moon like there's only so much and it's like imagine the difference between you know whether, whether it's you know geologic strata or whatever one part of the united states for example like maine versus wyoming like completely oh, different yeah you'd just you'd scoop up a sample in one part you'd find like a bunch of like volcanic material in another part you'd find like I don't know, some type of different minerals or <clears throat> metals or... Oh, so we'll, I guess we'll see what comes with that, but it's pretty sweet. Se yeah, second time they've cool. been scooping stuff off the surface, so... Really cool. Pretty dope. I got... Uh, yeah, did you just come back? What were we talking about? <laughs> Test. I don't have no idea. Quiz. Did you have some craft beer space. while you were gone? You guys are talking about, guys are talking about <laughs> fucking space, always, right? Always talking about space. Uh, Let's about space. I'm not even sure it's real. It's like Australia. I don't even know if it's there. <laughs> Uh, mysterious radio radio signal was detected. <laughs> radio, radio, mysterious radio signal detected from our closest neighboring star system. Um, we have detected an intriguing signal from the direction of Proxima Centauri. Closest star. Is that where the reptilians are? Are there Alpha? No, they're Centauri? from Draco. Was it Draco something? Who's Draco. from Alpha Centauri? Is that close to Proxima Centauri? I think Proxima Centauri and Alpha Centauri are pretty much the same thing. I think like a binary pretty star system. Binary. Are we something. talking about make believe things here or is this real things? I mean, Alpha Centauri is a Proxima Centauri <laughs> is our closest star. Okay. It's our closest star, and it uh, is only. I think four. Alpha Centauri is maybe the star system. What? Are they a binary system? Are there two stars? I mean, like Alpha Centauri. Proxima Centauri. Hit us, with, hit us with a tough question we didn't know. But pretty much they identified 980 hertz megahertz signal coming from that direction, which is what we use for like radio communication, satellite communication, like FM band pretty much. Yeah. So interesting. Um. It, <laughs> it appeared once and it never returned, but it took a $100 million like radio telescope to find it. So, hey, if that... I'm pretty sure they say that there is a rocky body that orbits that sun that's a little bit bigger than Earth that's in the habitable zone that could support life. So maybe we're it's just probably, pick, pick it's it up probably a, them just sending FM. Nickelback songs back. Take these back? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Bouncing them back. Well, I got a bash on fucking good old Canadian boys. All right. Yeah, I fucking love Nickelback. Nickelback recorded is whatever, but Nickelback live show is insane. Listen, their old shit, listen, their old shit was pretty good. Like Animal? No, that's not old, but hey, listen, you talk to Robbo. That's Robbo's song. You talk to Papa Conspiracy. Yeah, he breaks it down for you. He lets you know what it's about, in case you didn't know. It's about banging. (laughs) I'll let you guys in on a little secret. It's about sex. It's about fucking. (laughs) About fucking. I remember that talk. You remember that? (laughs) He stopped us from working one day, like swinging hammer, like, everybody gather around. (laughs) Gotta talk to you guys about something. Listen to this song. It's on the radio. It was like Animal by Nickelback. We're like, yeah? And he's like, you know, know what it's about? about? <laughs> we're, like, we're like 20 years old. It's about sex. You know what it's about? <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> okay. Fucking. Best part about that is 100% real. That happened. That was yep. real. Every part of it. You're like, yep, we knew that. He's like, yep. Did you listen? Listen, though. <laughs> You're like, all right. I- I'm listening. Hmm. <laughs> And then he'd turn around and we'd fucking change it to 101.1 Silk, silk oh, FM. A little, smooth, a little soft rock. All right. A little I, James Blunt. I know we're going to get the the new Randomatron for uh, 2021 and we're going to retire this one. Uh, do you think it's got enough juice, though, Zell? We already, we already retired this it. This is already the new one. It's already been retired. The new well, one's oh, using the new oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. How drunk were you last week? Fuck, keep up, pal. Jeez. Drunk. drunk. <laughs> drink, drink, drink. Listen. I've drinking fucking 250 drinking. milliliters. You've drinking fucking, it? I've drinking 250 milliliters of pure maple syrup. Grade A, baby. Buddy, this I don't is 375 even know. and I Amber. fucking dusted you. <laughs> that's 375. That's bullshit. Three, 375, bro. You see that right there, pal? How's, how you like them apples? One liter and my heart is palpitating. Yeah, you're not alive, though. You're dead. And that thing was probably filled with blood. Ooh. And that's why right. it was so well, easy for the you. first time Zell's felt his heartbeat in 500 years. I'm back, baby. <laughs> I'm back, baby. It's alive. Uh, fire up the Randomatron X3, then, and uh, let's get a... Well, it's the X4. The X3 is dead, but you'll get X4. it. You'll get it eventually. Dialing up. Teletype. Here we go. Getting that? Yeah. <laughs> Efficient. <laughs> Hundred years of technology wow. in one. Amazing. Wow. All right. Um. All right. This is from. Oh, fuck. This dude. Myla. This is from Myla. Myla. My name is Myla. Yes, you can use my name. I live in KCMO. I don't know what that is. What's that? And, What's, what? KCLO? KCMO? Is that? Kansas what? City, Missouri. Uh, Holy yeah, shit. I like, wow. I was like, KCO? I didn't. <laughs> I just found your podcast on Halloween. It's the first podcast I ever listened to. And I love it. Oh, yeah. You should listen to more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in your horizons, Smila. Uh, I have listened to almost all of them now. Going through the backlog and y'all crack me up. Anyway, I wanted to share my own UFO encounter from 2009 when I was 12 and living in Wyoming. I was camping with my dad in Wapiti, Wyoming. 
30 minutes outside Yellowstone National Park. We were fishing in a river next to a mountaintop, and it was maybe two or 300 feet tall, kind of like a sheer straight cliff up the mountain. I'd also like to add that the skies were completely clear, not a single cloud. And it was the middle of summer, I think. It was June or July. Now, I don't remember who looked up first, but me and my fodder, sp fodder. spotting a cigar. Me, me and my fodder. Spotting a me and my fodder. Hello, mother. Hello, fodder. Spotting a cigar-shaped craft in the sky right above us, maybe 800 feet up. I don't know. I'm bad with measurements, but I think it was about the height you see a traffic cam or police helicopter fly by. Anyways, this craft was metallic. I could see the sun glistening off it, and it had three lights on the bottom, one light on each end and one in the middle, pointing down towards us. They were like airplane landing lights or a car beam or a car high beams. Very obviously bright, but they weren't beam there weren't beams shooting down at us. Mm. Thing was completely still, not moving a single inch. Then all of a sudden the lights dimmed a little, but then stopped. Then they dimmed a little more and stopped. Then on the third time getting dim, when the lights dimmed completely and went out, the craft just vanished. It literally went invisible right in front of our eyes. My dad straight up said, all right, let's go. And we hauled ass back to camp. I know what I saw 100% and I know it was not a blimp. We were basically in the middle of Yellowstone National Forest. There are no blimps in Yellowstone. It was not a helicopter because there was zero sound and it was no plane because it was not moving and did not have wings. It was close enough I could tell it was brown copper color. There's no such thing there is no such thing as a blimp helicopter or airplane that can vanish out of thin air completely silent. Anyways, I wish I had some more damning. I, I wish I had something more damning or incredible. I've just been thinking about my experience a lot lately, and it's what made me find your show. I first listened to Charlie Red Star because in the description you gave it was described as a cigar-shaped craft, and I'm looking for answers. Anyways, love you all so much. Please keep doing what you're doing best. Seven million stars out of ten. Um... Man, that's an awesome. What do you mean? Yeah, that's fucking dope. That's pretty yeah, that's, a, that's, that's dope. a dope ass story. You yeah. don't have to apologize saying you wish. That's a fucking wild UFO story. You not only have yourself viewing it, but you also have your dad mm -hmm. who is also shocked and that must have left an impression on you too at 12 years old, your dad being spooked by this thing. I mean, that's fucking wild. That's a good one. That's that's, that's, top that's shelf. a good random chun story. It's a good or... top shelf right Thank there. Thank you, Maya, my 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 love for sending that in. Um, before we move on, I have two things of business um, that we normally don't do, but I was just going to do them today, um, just because of the timing that they messaged me. Um, first off, I'd like to give a happy birthday shout out to Isaac Zabala. Uh, that's from your uh, fiance. Raquel, 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 or Raquel? Yeah, I can't read Raquel. I don't know. I, I don't know how you pronounce. Okay. I can't read. I can't read well. Raquel. I can't read well. Raquel. <laughs> I can't read Raquel. I can't read Raquel. And uh, Isaac, happy birthday to you! 
Uh, thanks for enjoying the show. And then also, I'd like to give a little shout out to, um, where, where's his name here? Brandon K. Um, <laughs> thanks, Brandon, for listening to our show. Uh, we know you're a big theorite, and uh, that's because your wife, uh, Brittany, uh, sent in a request for us to give you a shout out. And really, the only reason I'm giving you a shout out is because of how lackluster your wife described the show. I loved it. It, <laughs> it made me laugh. Uh, Brandon, uh, thank you for listening to the show um, on your long truck drives. That's why we do the show. Is there a, qu a quote uh, of what you said about the show? Uh, <laughs> Well, I can read the message. Read, read I'll a, read the message. Read a little bit. Please read do. a little bit of it. Why Please not? Do. All right. This is from Brittany, um, hoping to give her husband, Brandon, a shout out, which she got. And the message says this. I bought my husband an ATT hoodie and a Patreon subscription for Christmas. He doesn't like many things in life, but for some reason, he likes you guys. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> Please don't fuck this up and give him a shout out for me. I really do oh, like him sometimes. Old. He drives from Seattle, uh, Washington to Eugene, Oregon every week for work and listens almost exclusively exclusively to y'all. He listened to every episode numerous times. He also made me listen to hours of it too. And it's tolerable. <laughs> so keep it up. His name's Brandon K. Thank you for keeping him entertained and intrigued on his long trips. Also, <laughs> Thanks for getting him going on some interesting theories only to stop and say you wouldn't understand. You just need to listen to the episode. <laughs> I appreciate the mystery it brings to our marriage. Thanks. Uh, oh, Brandon, great. you got yourself a winner there. She's a beauty. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. That was funny. So, uh, She's hilarious. Yep. Extremely that accurate. Yeah, that was perfect. People ask me to describe the podcast in one word. I always say tolerable. Tolerable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Not all the time. Uh, Sometimes occasionally it's tolerable. Intolerable. We don't we don't really give uh shout outs like that often, but every once in a while something pops up where we, just, we can't help and, it. And and here I, I will preface this because giving a shout out always leads to numerous requests for shout outs. But I'll say of let's say we get a hundred, maybe one percent gets get. through. Just so you know. So if if you do want a shout out, you better do something to stand out. That's funny. And yeah. it's it's a mix between perfect timing and uh, a good laugh. Yeah, there's no recipe for success. Yeah, but that was great. That was awesome. It was. It made. It was it, it, yeah. I had a good laugh. <laughs> this is the most, that was great. It's the uh, most mediocre request ever. I love it. <laughs> all right, on the topic of uh, giving shoutouts, this week's theorite of the week, we're going to give it out to Darius for a hand painted picture of uh, Ziggy Zeltron. Yeah, I like that. That was, that was awesome. That was great. That was we'll, fucking. That was great. We'll, uh, we'll make sure to to post it on our Instagram. Give him a uh, tag him in it and put it on our Facebook group. So if you want to check it out, go there. But it's yeah, it's great. Got the one mechanical eye. Got the Ziggy Stardust hair. Oh, that's good shit. It was great. So, uh, all right. Last thing of the night. Hey, a lot of people are supporting the show, and we really appreciate it. So this week's. This week's Patreon supporters. We're going to get early access to case files, bonus episodes, live stream, Discord access, all the good shit. We got Julia Gomez Art went up in her pledge. Woo! Richmond Robinson 
might be the takes the cake of longest name. Nocturnal, Grave, Desecrator, and Black Winds. Wonder if that's the name of a band. Search it if it is. Cody Ford. Emily Bassett went up to the $10 tier. The meat draw is back. It's now public, but you also you get an automatic entry if you're at $10 or more. Eddie. We also have now, you can sign up. You can do a yearly subscription and get a little discount if you just want to get it out of the way and not have payments every month. First one ever done is by Josh Beattie. Uh, Eddie. Savannah went up. Ooh. Ray is it's another year pledge appreciate it ingrid g and dominic dominic bodkin thank you very much for supporting the show we salute you and as we always say at the end of these things merry christmas to all and to all keep those eyes on the skies peace everybody